Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the right thing in the wrong way, as we pick up in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 7. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now, you're trying to do a right thing. You want to get men to Jesus Christ, but you're doing it in the wrong way. God didn't say that we were to get fancy advertising schemes and and all of this kind of stuff to bring men to Jesus Christ. A lot of work for God, legitimate work that should be done, is done in a wrong way. And so because we have been doing things in a wrong way, then we've got to raise funds to support the wrong way method of doing things. And we make a travesty of God by the way we get up to raise funds. It is a shame the methods that people use to extract money for the so-called work of God. I am embarrassed as a Christian of the junk that goes on on television in their fundraising efforts and methods. It, to me, is an absolute embarrassment. And they are motivating people the wrong way. Now, David had to raise, or Moses had to raise funds for the building of the tabernacle. What did he do? All of you that would like to contribute to the building of the tabernacle, just bring it in and dump it. He didn't go around, you know, getting pledges or jumping up and down and running around the place, putting on a show. And the people started bringing the funds until finally they had to stop. And they say, stop, stop. We've got too much. Quit. No more. You can't give any more. Didn't make it? That's too bad. You're out of luck. Now, Paul the Apostle tells us in the New Testament, writing to the Corinthians, he said, Now every man is he's purposed in his own heart, so let him set aside for the Lord. But don't let your giving be out of constraint. Never should your giving to God be pressured giving. It is wrong to seek to pressure people to give to God. And yet, how many times we notice that the whole tactic is that of pressure tactics. Professional letter writers to write the appeals and all kinds of idiotic gimmicks are used by these people to raise funds. When a person has to degrade to those type of efforts, then something's wrong with the work that they are seeking to do. I am thoroughly convinced when God guides, God provides. And if you tell me that you're not getting the money to do this great program God has laid upon your heart, I'll have to say God didn't lay it upon your heart. When you have to resort to worldly ways and do things after the pattern of the world, it's not of God, it's not of the Spirit of God. David made a tragic mistake. He wanted to do the right thing. There was nothing wrong with the desire, but he was doing it in a wrong way. 
God never intended for us to use the Madison Avenue techniques to sell Jesus Christ to the world or to use all of these fundraising techniques that people stoop to to raise funds for the work of God. Poor God. He's almost broke. (laughs) All the time. He lives on the verge of financial disaster. (laughs) If you don't come through this week, God's had it. (laughs) What kind of a God is it who never can take care of his own program? As I say, it embarrasses me. I'm humiliated by it. So... David said, hey, leave it here. I'm not going to take that back to Jerusalem. They took it into the house of Obed-Edom, and then God began to bless Obed-Edom tremendously because the Ark of the Covenant was there at his house. And so David said, hey, let's get the thing back to Jerusalem. Let's do it again. Only this time, he had gone back to the law of Moses. He said, let's have four priests, and we'll take and let them bear it between them and so forth. And and will offer sacrifices and, and unto the Lord. And so they went out again with the worshiping and with the praising, the offering of sacrifices. Before the ark, they would go so many paces and they'd offer a sacrifice, and the priests were carrying it. And David put on just a linen, took off his royal robes as a king, and he put on just a linen ephod, which was a sort of a, the robes that the priest wore in service. And he just put on sort of the priestly servant's garments and was with the people, among the people, and dancing and praising the Lord as they brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And his wife, Michelle, looked out the window and saw him out there without his kingly garments, dressed in just a linen ephod, mingling with the common people, dancing before the Lord, out there shouting and having a big time. And when she saw him, she despised him. So David had a great feast for all of the people as they gave to each of them bread and wine and a big portion of meat. And then after blessing the people, he came home to bless his own family. And when he came into the house, Michelle said to him, Well, didn't you look smart out there? In a linen robe, no less. Big deal. Boy, I'll tell you, it wiped David out. Just, you know, he came in just overloaded with joy, blessing. Oh, praise the Lord, you know. Isn't it amazing how easily Satan can deflate our spiritual balloon. You know, we, we can get so high and so joyous in the Lord and, oh, Lord, you're so good, you're so great. And, and Satan can, can rob us of that joy. And whenever you get in that state, he, he's, he's seeking to do some little thing just to deflate that, you know, super feeling that you have. A while back, I was in the Safeway Market And every once in a while, someone will send some money and say, you know, have have a steak for dinner or something. And and I had some money that was sent, and a little note said, 
you know, have a steak for dinner. Well, they had some beautiful, thick, top sirloin steaks. And so I picked out one of these, you know, choice, beautiful, thick, thick, top sirloin. I was going to take it home and barbecue it. And I thought, said, Lord, I can remember the days when, man, all we could afford, we couldn't even afford hamburger. And, and now, able to buy this beautiful steak, oh, Lord, you're so good. Oh, thank you, Lord. I just love you so much. And I was just pushing the cart through Safeway, just really just worshiping the Lord and praising him. Just a beautiful time. And I pulled up to the check stand just could taste that steak. Just praising the Lord. And some short little fat guy, smoking a cigar, pulled, he, he came up and he just pushed my cart and stood right in front of me, got in line in front of me. And my first impulse was to grab the guy by the collar, turn him around, and say, Hey, fatty, who do you think you are? And hope that he'd take a swing at me. Oh, how I wanted to level him. I was so upset. And beside that, smoking that stinky cigar. And I thought, the very idea. I've never seen anything like this. I've heard of it. I've never seen anything. This guy needs to be taught a lesson. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Oh, what joy and praise all dissipated over a smelly cigar. And I said, No, Lord. I'm not going to let him get the best of me. I, did, I didn't have to smell the cigar. I took my cart and I went walking again through the store. Get my joy and peace back again, you know. <laughs> I made a few rounds through the store until he got out the door and then I went back up to the check stand and went out. But I thought, oh, how easy it would have been for me to have lost my joy. God has been so good and all. Now one little adverse thing comes along and, you know, the joy dissipates so rapidly. Oh, how I'm sure how Satan delights in robbing us from our joyful experiences in Christ. I'm sure that he is just thinking of ways by which he can dissipate and see how fast he can dissipate that joy in the Lord. You watch it the next time you have a real high in Jesus. Watch how he's going to come along and try and deflate it. You know, he'll use some irritating little thing to just turn you out of the spirit into the flesh. And man, it's so easy to turn from the spirit into the flesh. And that's, of course, his purpose. Get me in the flesh, and then he just makes mincemeat out of me. You know, he can just defeat me. As long as I'm in the spirit, I can have a glorious victory over him. And so David, in the spirit, out there worshiping, and suddenly, man, it's gone. Here's his wife, just giving him a bad time. Now Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent David down cedars and workmen and so forth to build a palace for David. 
And while David was in Jerusalem, he took more wives, and he had more sons and daughters, and their names are listed there in chapter 14. And the Philistines came against David, spread themselves in the valley of Riphia. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said, Go up, I will deliver them into your hand. So they came to Bel-Perazim, and David smote them there. And David said, God hath broken in on my enemies by mine hand, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of the place Bel-Perazim. Now, it is interesting to me how that David sought guidance from the Lord and asked direct questions and received direct answers. I think that it is important that we ask God direct questions. We seek the guidance of the Lord by asking direct questions. Too many times we have our plans all set and then we say, now God, please bless my plans rather than seeking the guidance of the Lord and asking direct questions, Lord, shall we go up? Lord, will you be with us and deliver them into your hands? Asking direct questions, he received direct answers. And I believe that you can ask God a direct question and get a direct answer. I had an old Oldsmobile car and it was beginning to use a lot of oil. And I said, Lord, what's causing this silly car to use so much oil? And the Lord spoke to me and said, look at the speedometer. <laughs> and I looked down and I was doing 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so I slowed down. In those days, the speed up was 65. I slowed down to 65. He, he said, you've got a lead foot. That's why it's using so much oil. So I just started driving slower. I was, of course, having to drive to Idlewild three times a week. And up the mountain, and man, I had all those curves all wired and, you know, just floorboarding up the hill. And, and when I started driving like a normal person should drive, car quit using oil. So thank you, Lord. Direct question, direct answer. And, and I do believe that you can ask God direct questions and start listening and start getting direct answers. David was asking direct questions. God began to give him direct answers in guiding him. Now, the Philistines came up again, and rather than just, you know, all right, let's go again, fellas, at it once more, he waited and inquired of God again. And he said, shall we go up? And the Lord said, no, don't go up, but go around behind them and wait. And when you hear the sound of the wind in the top of the mulberry trees, then attack. So David went around behind the Philistines and they waited there. And when the wind began to blow on the top of the mulberry trees, then David and his men attacked and they wiped out the Philistines the second time. And the fame of David and the fear of David spread throughout all the lands. And it was then at this point that David brought back the Ark of the Covenant, doing it after the manner that God had prescribed to uh, Moses, bringing it back the right way. In chapter 16, they brought the Ark of the Covenant and they set it in the midst of the tent, the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And they offered the burnt sacrifices and the peace offerings before God. And then David ordered a choir and he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the Ark of the Lord and to record. 
Now that idea of recording was for remembrances, to record the things that God had done so that the people could remember the glorious works of God. And so part of the Psalms are Psalms of remembrance. Psalm 38 and Psalm 70, you'll read the titles above the Psalm, the Psalm of David for remembrance. These are the, what they call the, the recording Psalms or the record Psalms to make a record of what God had done to bring the people into remembrance. And then some of the Psalms were those of thanksgiving, giving thanks unto the Lord, and then other Psalms of just praise to the Lord God of Israel. Now Asaph was the chief musician appointed by David, and next to him Zechariah and these other fellows. And Asaph made a sound with cymbals. They played, of course, a psaltery, whatever type of instrument that was, and with harps, uh, whatever a harp was in those days. Now, on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. So David gave them the lyrics, and these guys started singing and worshiping the Lord with this song or psalm. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, even of the covenant which he made with Abraham, and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance. And when ye were but few, even a few, and strangers in it, and when ye went from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another people, he did not allow any man to do you wrong. Yea, he reproved the kings for their sake, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth, show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be reverenced above all gods. For all of the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord hath made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth, and the world also shall be stable that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let the men say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, and let the fields rejoice in all that is therein. And then shall the trees of the wood sing out in the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, Hosanna, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. 
And all of the people said, Amen. And they praised the Lord. So glorious psalm of thanksgiving and praise that David gave, the first that was sung in the establishing of the worship for the children of Israel, as once again they built the tabernacle, brought the Ark of the Covenant, and began to establish the worship of God once more as the heart of the nation. And so David then appointed Asaph and his brethren to minister before the ark continually as every day's work required. And uh, the people departed to every man, and David returned to bless his house, you know, after this glorious time of praise and worship and all. And uh, then David in chapter 17 expresses his desire to build the house of God. And Nathan the prophet said, Good. Do all that is in your heart, for God is with thee. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Chronicles on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Chronicles 13 through 17 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you have to go out and mix in that world. I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or, or, or just dealing with, with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him and that you'll look above the corruption of this world and that you'll be strengthened as we look to Him, our only hope, but who is our strength and our defense. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most, or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. So it's with great pleasure that The Word for Today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. 
Every message is dynamic and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. 